Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The FT. Bank accounts fit for a king or a queen. But is the royalties account, or any other fee-based banking service, a bit too rich for middle-class tastes? Playing to an American audience, what would US fund investors make of our quaint British institutions? And stately homes in the country, why now's the time to move out of Kensington and buy a big place in the sticks? All this to come in a special Royal Wedding commemorative edition of the FT Money Show, which you may be pleased to hear will contain no more contrived allusions to the royal couple's nuptials. I'm Matthew Vincent, and... And I'll instead be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Elaine Moore. Hello. Tanya Poli. Hi. And Alice Ross. Hello. Let's start then with the money news. This week, new figures from research firm DeFacto showed the continuing rise of the fee-paying bank account and the continuing demise of the current account that's free when you're in credit. Last May, the number of fee-paying accounts overtook the number of free accounts for the first time. One year on, and this trend is continuing. Today, 52% of all full-service current accounts carry a monthly fee. In the case of one private bank, this fee is now £40 a month. But what do you get in return for paying your bank nearly £500 a year, apart from a gold-plated debit card? Elaine, these so-called packaged accounts come with a long list of so-called benefits. But what are the benefits exactly? And more to the point, are they worth the money? Well, some of the banks have been criticised already by the FSA for offering benefits within these packaged accounts that don't actually add up to very much. So travel insurance that you then can't use because you're too old or which only covers you when you're travelling in Europe or doesn't cover you to go skiing, that sort of thing. So you're paying out £19, £25 a month for something that you then can't use. But what they've also been doing is trying to make the package accounts more appealing to customers. So you're now seeing things like, I think NatWest offers you 25% discount on entertainment tickets, opera, dance, cinema, that sort of thing. You can get a relationship manager in some of them. You can get insurance that does actually cover you for everything. If you pay a little bit of a premium, you can get it for people who are age 60 and over, who often had trouble getting any kind of insurance. So insurance seems to feature with a lot of these um, fee-paying accounts. Um, The one thing that occurred to me, just having a look at some of them, is that a lot of the insurance you'd kind of have anyway. Loads of them seem to give you cover for your mobile phone, for example, uh, or or travel insurance. But you'd you'd have 
home insurance anyway that covers your possessions and you might have an annual policy for travel anyway. Absolutely. They've been bumping up the number of benefits within packaged accounts, but you need to look very, very carefully because a lot of them, as you said, you will already probably have them. So what you probably might be more interested in is the ones that offer you something that you can't get elsewhere. This is this travel for elderly people and so on. And of all of the accounts out there, we've mentioned some of the most uh, expensive, the £40 a month in the case of uh, one particular private bank. Are there some that look quite good value to you? Overall, the average cost has gone up um, very rapidly. So from 2006, it was about £10 a month. It's now on average about £15 a month. And there are scores of providers that will charge you a lot more than that. De facto themselves have said that some of them could be good depending on your circumstances. Personally, I don't have a packaged account and there are none out there that appeal to me. So um, who are the providers and what are these accounts called? I mean, can you give some examples of how much people are being asked to pay? They've got high, quite highfalutin names. So this is Premier Life or something equally sort of uh, nice to make you feel quite good about the fact you're handing over £25 every single month. Barclays has got one, Lloyd's, uh, state-backed banks, they've all got them. Um, all of the main high street banks will all offer you this option. It's quite interesting. They've talked for a long time about needing to get rid of the free banking model in the UK. Every time there's been a contest over things like the overdraft fees or the payment protection insurance, they've threatened the end of free banking. It now seems that maybe rather than rip out free banking, they will try to encourage you with carrots rather than sticks towards a banking model that you pay for every month. And the amount you pay... uh I mentioned the the royalties account, which is a, a Royal Bank of Scotland uh, um, product uh, at the beginning of the show. And that's, I think it's around £20. Are they all in that area? They're all over the place, actually. You can get them for twelve ninety five up to £25 a month. It looks as if 20 to £25 a month is uh, the sort of common standard payment that you'll make for the accounts that give you a little bit added extra. The ones that you'll get the bog standard mobile phone insurance, travel insurance that won't necessarily cover the whole world. That's up to about £18, £19. So it's still hundreds of pounds a year. And presumably, because of these accounts you know, being launched all the time, it's getting harder to find a you know, simple free when you're in credit account. The number of free in credit accounts has gone down. Yes, that's a sort of development that's happened over the last year. But there's, they're still out there. There's still about 50 or 60 of them out there. Every single bank will offer you this option. So you needn't start paying quite yet. Yeah, so if someone says we're going to treat you like royalty for several hundred pounds a year, look elsewhere. Elaine, thank you very much. And for full details of the three most exclusive and expensive accounts and the three with the most added extras, and they're not the same, uh, look out for Elaine's article in the money section of this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show is now the perfect time to sell a prime London property and move to a prime pile in the country. But first, fund charges and performance. What would Americans make of UK fund management houses? New research for the FT has found that US mutual funds perform better than their UK counterparts over longer time periods. And analysts think that this has something to do with the fact that average fund fees in the US are lower than those here in the UK. 
In the case of one fund company, the US version of its global equity fund has performed better than the identical UK version, largely due to this difference in costs. But with some analysts suggesting that low-cost funds are set to sweep the nation, might this be about to change? Alice, what do you think um, UK fund investors can learn from our American cousins? Well, I think they can learn the importance of fund fees and how much that actually takes out of your investment over time. Um, because the average uh, fees on US funds are quite a bit lower than here. They're roughly 1.2% at the moment in America. They're roughly 1.6%, 1.7% here in terms of total expense ratio. Um, now, that's only you know 40 basis points, which might not sound that high. But if you add that up over time, it really is going to take a big whack out of your um, returns. Because it is this compounding effect, isn't it, you know, mm. uh, over 10, 20 years or, or more that makes all the difference. Why do you think um, we in the UK put up with it? We import most other ideas from the US. Why not this? It's a really funny one. I mean, partly um, Americans already have this kind of structure in place where their mutual funds actually have independent um, directors who will review the situation every year and say, you know, our fund charge is too high. Um, and that's in part due to legislation going back as far as the 1940s in America. And we just don't really have that. I mean, one one big question will be whether the new um, consumer body that's replacing the FSA may take a look at this. Um, I'm speaking to them about that this week, and I'm going to find out if this is even on their radar or on their agenda. Um, but, you know, the sad truth is that in the UK, investors are just far less aware of the impact of charges and therefore press less for charges to be lower. I suppose the nearest that we get to the US approach over here is with investment trusts, where there are at least boards uh, that can... Well, they can change the manager. They can also determine the costs. Yeah, and exactly. And if you look at the charges on investment trusts, what a surprise, they're much lower than on unit trusts here where you don't have the independent board of directors. So I think, I don't think, you know, I think it's definitely fair to say that having an independent board of directors actually does make the charges lower on your fund. And looking at the short term, though, uh, when fund charges don't have quite an effect, is the is the picture slightly different? Well, yeah, that was the interesting thing about the research. So um, Lipper looked at five-year, 10-year and 15-year performance for us, and it found that over five years generally, on average, the UK funds tended to be a little bit ahead. And it was only after 10 and 15 years that you suddenly started to see this disparity. Now, I'm sure there are other factors, but I don't think it's that suddenly the fund managers start becoming good after a few years. You know, it's the same fund managers, probably. And um, the really interesting thing is that um, they also looked at companies, fund management companies that had versions of the same fund in the US and the UK. And I don't mean a US, a fund invested in the US and a fund invested in the UK, I mean, a, a global equity fund. So you'd think that would be more or less the same performance. Um, and um, it wasn't just one company, it was 14 companies that were that were looked at. And they all had average performance that was better in the US than in the UK. Which seems, seems pretty conclusive um, to me. Of course, we do have regulatory change finally coming to the UK uh, in terms of the way financial advisors get paid commission by fund managers. So if fund managers don't have to pay commission to advisors from 2013, presumably they can start to cut their charges. Do you actually think that will happen? 
Well, I think what will definitely happen is that we'll see um, 50 basis points coming off the price of a fund. So at the moment, the annual management charge um, on average is 1.5%. But um, 50 basis points of that goes to the financial advisor. So we're definitely going to see that gone. So you're definitely looking at 1% instead of 1.5%. So that's one good thing. Um, But then there are other fees within that as well. At the moment, there are fees paid to fund platforms. Um, And then there's also the general running costs. I mean, if you look at Vanguard, for example, they have funds ranging from point 0.15% a year to 0.27% a year, which is just tiny. But they're a mutual company and they don't make profits. So that's slightly different. But you could certainly cut it significantly more than 1% a year. And whether that will happen remains to be seen. And Vanguard, I suppose, is is quite a good case in points because they have tried to come from the US to the UK and they, they, they have a number of low cost funds over here. Is there any suggestion that there might be other US firms that that come to the UK, I suppose a lot of them are here already. Well, a lot of them are here. I mean, you know, you have Fidelity and and, you, and you're starting to have some of the firms that are here, like Schroeder's and JP Morgan Asset Management, um, have this year launched uh, what they call low-cost funds with, you know, charge of, charges of about 04 to 0.5% a year. Um, but, you know, that's still considerably higher than, say, the Vanguard funds. And, you know, these particular funds, questions have been raised about how good their performance track record has been, because is it the JP Morgan one, I think, isn't new. It was adapted from an old fund where the performance hadn't been great and people were like, well, there's no point just buying a fund because it's cheap if it's not a good fund. So there's that factor to consider as well. So the advice is, as ever, try to find a good manager with the lowest possible charges, I guess. Exactly, that's the holy grail. Well, yes, <laughs> good luck to listeners uh, with that. We'll try to help you as much as we can. And for Alice's analysis uh, of what UK investors can do to pay lower US-style fund charges, make sure you read the money section of this weekend's FT or visit the website at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, Prime Property. Data sourced exclusively for FT Money by estate agent Savills has revealed that sellers of top-end homes in London can now get more for their money when relocating to prime regional areas. According to these figures, the price differential between prime London and prime regional markets has grown significantly over the past five years, putting buyers from London in a much stronger position. If they move from London, they can now get more for their money in Bristol, Cambridge, Chester, Oxford, Sevenoaks and York, and I would expect lots of other places besides. So, Tanya, if you didn't want to share a prime London apartment with your new brother-in-law, where would you move to? Well, I think um, you've obviously mentioned some of the places that um, Savills actually looked at for us. So um, you've got the kind of like popular places of Oxford and Cambridge where a lot of people decide to like um, move out of London to kind of have their kind of bit more of a country estate, bigger family home um, with a bit of land attached. So, I mean, also, if we give the example of Bristol, right now, um, if you buy an average detached house um, in Bristol, you're actually, it's now worth 85% of um, what a London terrorist would cost you. So you'd have change left over. Yes, you would indeed. And um, I mean, this is compared to like the 15 year average where actually it would have cost you 106% of your London terrace. Um, so it's actually quite a significant price differential at the moment. And um, I'm pretty much sure that because of what we've seen, how big price growth we've seen in prime London, you're pretty much going to find most prime regional locations um, you'll have, you know, 
much more bang for your buck, as they say. So if you are sitting on uh, a property in prime London that's gone up in price quite a lot over the last five, six years or or more, um, isn't there a case for saying, well, I'm just going to hang on to it for a bit longer because prime London prices might rise even further and then I can buy an even bigger stately home in the home counties? Yeah, well, that's true to extent. Um, well, I was speaking to Lucien Cook at Savills and he was saying, actually, they still believe that there will be this um, price differential like continuing over the next few years, but it's actually not going to be as big an increase as we've seen over the past five years because what you typically see with um, London, I mean, London tends to lead the way and then you get this kind of time lag where actually the kind of the gains and prices actually then filter through to the kind of surrounding areas so the home counties and um, and so on so really now is probably the best time because you've made this big gain um, you're not going to see as big a gains and as we're going to see with more people looking to buy out into these country areas and the fact that there's actually quite a lack of supply in these areas um, you're probably going to see the prices of homes over there start to rise quite a bit more over the next few years. So this is a sort of tipping point. So, so sell near the top in London yeah. and buy before prices start to start to take off again elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting. If you look at Savile's forecast, they actually believe um, prime London is going to rise about 33% over the next five years, while um, sort of prime southeastern areas, southeast London areas, um, are going to actually rise about 29%. So that's quite a big, that's quite, it shows actually the price differential is going to narrow quite substantially. Uh, while, say, if we take the example of um, Wandsworth in southwest London over the last five years, that's risen for family homes probably about 49%, while like the southeast has only risen about sort of less than 5%. So, you know, most of the big gains have already been made. And do the agents say that there's any evidence of people considering this, starting to do this? Yeah, um, I was speaking to the Buying Solution, which is a buying agent, and they've said they've seen a bit of an increase recently of people have made quite a good price of their London home, like obviously selling into a competitive market and now looking to actually um, buy their country estate. Um, it's still fairly low on the ground. I think people are kind of a bit cautious about the markets at the moment, not quite sure whether they should be selling, buying. Um, but they seem to think that it's going to be a bit of a pickup soon when people realise actually what they could get for their money. So it's well, certainly worth considering mm-hmm. if you have that flexibility. Tanya, thanks very much uh, indeed for that. And for a map showing just what you can buy around the country with your London sale proceeds, look out for Tanya's article in the money section of this weekend's FT. That's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you'll find all of these stories, plus daily news updates, top tips, blog posts, and our latest Q&As on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances, just email us. The address is money at ft.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Elaine, Alice, and Tanya. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.